When I first started doing voiceover, I auditioned to be the voice of Al Capone for a short film. Although not exactly Al Capone, it was the ghost of Al Capone. In the script I was sent, a woman is trying to write a book. And while she's trying to make up her mind about what to write next, there is a waft of cigar smoke, even though she's alone. And from the darkness behind her comes the voice of Al Capone, who tells her what she should write about, and then continues to come back over the course of the next few weeks to guide her through completing her book. It sounded like a lot of fun, especially when the director of the film told me that the book actually exists. It's available on Amazon, and it's actually written by the woman who plays the writer in the film. I ended up getting the part. Shortly after that, I realized that the woman in the film is actually playing herself. She is the author of the book. It wasn't until later, when I was told that Al approved of my performance, that they didn't consider this story to be fictional. This is how the author claims her book was written. At first, I found it hard to believe. After all, the woman lives in Texas. Why would the ghost of Al Capone show up here? But then I learned that Al Capone actually spent a surprising amount of time in Texas. The writer had never experienced anything like this before. The book itself turned out great, and actually went into detail into Al Capone's life from a very different perspective. Since I've had my own experience with seeing a ghost in the past, it's really hard for me to judge or to be dismissive. If you yourself are feeling skeptical, maybe try to think about it tonight when you're laying awake in the dark. What if someone who wasn't there came to tell you their story? In the dark, alone, it's easier to believe. What if they did come? What if they did? I'm Albi Robles, and I want you to scare me. If you've seen the show Them on Amazon Prime, then you've hated today's guest at least once. He's a great big, very nice guy who plays a lot of great big, terrible people. So here he is, one of the nicest and scariest people I've ever talked to, Michael Vincent Berry. Hey guys, I'm Michael Vincent Berry, and I am a television and film horror actor. I classify myself as a horror actor uh, just because that's where I ended up in a branding situation in my, in my, in my work. You know, I, uh, I came to the horror game late uh, in my life. Uh, uh, once I uh, really launched off into, into film and television, um, I, I, I started noticing that I was being cast a lot as, you know, these, these killers and rapists and bad guys and, you know, just all these horrible people and, and really within the realm of horror. Um, and, and then that just kind of picked up and I, I had a, a, a fan base that started following and, um, and uh, really just kind of found my, my niche there and a place to land. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, uh, it's, it, it couldn't be quite as, 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 as opposite <laughs> as who I am in real life. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a big 
lovable teddy bears. So, you know, playing these roles are always uh, uh, kind of a, a, a big departure from who I am in real life. And yet, you know, I find in the horror world that I'm able to um, kind of deal with some past demons in my own life, you know, and, and in that genre, I find a way to, uh, to kind of let those, those demons out, if you will. I got my start in horror um, about four years ago when I kind of branched off and started doing film and television. You know, I'm a veteran stage actor and, um, and, uh, and then went into public education as a artistic director for a performing arts high school out in, uh, in San Francisco, the Bay Area, and raised some you know, mega superstars like uh, Zendaya and Bo Burnham and Tati Gabrielle. And, and when I left that, that life and went into film and television, um, like the first three or four roles I, I was cast in were in, were in the horror genre. And, you know, I've always loved horror films and, 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 and that genre and to be able to kind of, you know, like start playing in that playground and in that sandbox was, was super thrilling for me. And then, you know, the horror community just being so welcoming and open and accepting. And, um, you know, I, I'm an, I'm also an LGBT actor. And so uh, to kind of, you know, have those two worlds collide in a horror genre uh, was super, super cool. And, uh, and, and, and really that really kind of jumped off and started really taking its own legs with, uh, with my role in Innocent Boy, uh, the short uh, film that I filmed a few years ago uh, where I played Mama, a uh, methed out transsexual end of days dystopian cracked out. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of where it really, got its got its got its legs and and kind of just took off from there and and, and brought me opportunities such as uh, uh them on amazon you know horror for me was uh uh you know i used to <laughs> wait till my parents go to bed and went to bed and and then would sneak out and watch all the shows that i wasn't really supposed to be watching you know and, and i'm you know i'm old school i'm, I'm old so <laughs> you know I, it, it was things like you know exorcist and rosemary's baby and uh, and all of those films, The Birds, and you know, a huge uh, Hitchcock fan, but really the one that was uh, the, the one that really kind of sent me over the edge and, and traumatized me for years uh, was the original Omen. Um, that uh, you know, <laughs> so many, you know, whether it be dogs or housekeepers or really the you know the elevator scene where you know where where that thing you know comes down and like slices them in half in the middle of that elevator that yeah, I, I don't think I got in an elevator until I was, you know, like in my forties. Uh, so way back, you know, way back in the, in the mid seventies, I would say uh, with all of those really great defining films that we're, you know, we look back on now, those are, those are the, those are the, the films that, you know, really haunted me and, 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 made me think that one day, you know, that would be something that I would be uh, totally stoked to do. And here I am doing it. So it's awesome. You know, I think people seek out horror and terror and fear and being scared for, you know, a lot of different reasons, you know, whether it be horror films or, you know, jumping out of airplanes or jumping off bridges and bungee jumping or you know, whatever your, 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 your thing is. I, I think it really all comes down to really, you know, uh, it's about, it, I think it's a psychological thing. I think it's a scientific thing, actually. I think that um, um, 
you know, if I, if I'm on a 737 and we're, and we do a deep nosedive and, uh, and we're headed to the ground, that's a different kind of terror. I think the terror that we're talking about on horror, um, or being, you know, being, being scared or frightened intentionally is really kind of what we call controlled terror or controlled fear, where we are able to control the environment and yet get that adrenaline rush and get those endorphins going that, I, I think typically happen when we are scared or fearful. So um, I think we seek it because, you know, deep down in an odd way, it makes us feel good <laughs> scientifically. Uh, and, and yet we're able to control that, you know, we can turn it off or close our eyes or put our hands over our face or whatever. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, I think it's a big adrenaline rush really. You know, I think it would go back to, uh, you know, my, 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 my most fun experience like being on set or our character that I played within the horror genre would be uh, Mama from Innocent Boy that I spoke of. You know, it's uh, it's an indie project. It was an indie project, uh, a short film that uh, was shot uh, by uh, by a local uh, crew here out of Dallas. And we were able to go out into the central uh, Texas Hill Country. And uh, we were out there for about four or five days uh, in a controlled environment, just out in the middle of nowhere, beautiful Texas stars and skies at night, rattlesnakes on the ground during the daytime. <laughs> like, you know, but, you know, just uh, the whole company and crew being secluded in that one area and being able to, uh, to put together what ended up to be like a multi, multi, multi award winning film just because it just was so out there you know it was so end of days dystopian well uh, the 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 dp and the director shot in like this multicolored like a fantasy it, it was awesome um you can check it out it's on reverie and also on amazon prime but um you know i i loved transforming um you know even as an lgbt actor i, I hadn't really played a lot of cross-dressing methed out uh, type of type of roles before uh, and this one allowed me just to explore so many like dark corners and find similarities and certainly differences between the character and myself but in a way that was done by an all uh, almost all uh, LGBTQ um, um, casting crew which was awesome uh, shot in Texas which is awesome um, um, and, 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 and the horror genre and, and combining those two worlds is not something that happens all the time. And so it was kind of in a way groundbreaking. Um, um, and, and certainly I think set the bar really high for, for future projects and, and dreamers and writers and directors and producers to, to produce content um, uh, that's so inclusive uh, and also um, just, you know, in this, this horror world that we all love so much. I've had a few really crazy whacked out stuff before uh, that's happened in my life. I, I think the youngest one, I'll tell you a couple of them. One, one of the ones that, you know, really had a, the most lasting impression on me was uh, my grandfather used to own a, uh, a farm and a, uh, a peach orchard out in uh, East Texas, up in East Texas, uh, outside of Crockett, Texas. And for years, you know, every summer I would go and help him um, sell peaches on the side of the road in front of his farm. And, um, and, and, and one summer I went up and I don't know, I couldn't have been more than, you know, 10 or 11, 12 years old. Uh, uh, it happened to be, uh, I was there that uh, during their big, I guess, annual tomato festival, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess when you're in Crockett, Texas, that uh, 
you know, that uh, tomato festivals when the parades and rodeo are all uh, a big, big deal. And so, you know, we went to, he took me to that parade that year and um, I was standing on the side, you know, on the side watching the parade go by. And, you know, there was this uh, horse that approached that approached and, uh, and there was a man on the horse. And, um, and as he approached me, I could see he was like starting to turn his head and he looked at me with this like really gaunt face, really, just horrifying like spooky spooky face didn't say anything just looked at me turned his head and kept you know galloping on his horse or riding on his horse and i and i told you the end of the story before the beginning because that was the dream i had and um and when i showed up uh to this uh to this tomato festival um that actually came to fruition like i actually that actually happened to me and so i had dreamed about this for years and uh and then and then that happened and and you know as somebody that's 10 11 12 years i can't remember how old i was now probably 11 or 12 you know that haunted me for like into my like 30s like i was like that i was able to kind of uh have that childhood dream and then see that actually happen in my real life so that was the one that was really really kind of haunting and and um and lasting for me and then i had you know i had some weird things happen as a as a kid uh in my teens and, and things like that but then you know fast forward um to the probably the other one that was the most kind of spooky for me was i i uh fast forward i was probably 30 31 32 years old and i was living in south florida boca raton and my partner and i had just bought this house in boca and um nice house, beautiful backyard, the pool and all that stuff. And, um, we had just been moved in. We were probably there a couple of weeks and, uh, we were out doing some yard work one day and we had not yet met the neighbor on our, on our right-hand side. And, um, and so, uh, you know, this house, the way that it laid out had multiple bedrooms on one side, multiple bedrooms on the other, and then kind of like this big community room and kitchen, and it all overlooked the pool in the backyard. And one of the nights that we had just moved in, um, we uh, we were unpacking, we had boxes everywhere. And so my partner had had was asleep in the master bedroom, and I had gone over to the other side of the house. I was unpacking stuff and decorating stuff and setting things up, and I fell asleep in one of the guest bedrooms and that bedroom uh we kind of noticed pretty early on like in the first couple of days that that bedroom was exponentially colder than the rest of the house and um so anyway i fell asleep in this in this in this bed and uh in the middle of the night i woke up and at the end of the bed were an old like settler type looking guy and uh and like a young girl um both kind of dressed from the 1800s, it probably, I would say, if I had to put a timeline on it, and uh, it scared the shit out of me, you know, like it was the end of my bed, and uh, closed my eyes again, and, and and opened them back up, and they were gone, and um, and and I, I didn't say anything to my partner, and you know, I don't know, four or five days went by, and and um, and he, he came to me uh, one morning as I, don't know, I think it was like Saturday or Sunday. And uh, he said, Hey, I gotta ask you something about the bedroom over there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's super cold. And he goes, yeah, are you seeing anything in there? Cause I have, and I'm like, Oh really? Tell me about it. He told me about it. Match the description. So fast forward, you know, we had been there a couple of weeks and we were outside doing yard work and uh, my neighbor who we had not met was mowing his yard. And so when we saw each other, both of us kind of like stopped our lawnmowers and kind of met in the driveway, shook hands, introduced ourselves and, uh, he was welcoming, you know, very welcoming him and his and his wife came out and were very welcoming to us and everything. And um, 
you know, there was about 15 minutes worth of small talk. And finally, I looked at him and I said, uh, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and uh, I swear to God, he, go, he looked at me and he goes, they're harmless. <laughs> I went, what? <laughs> you know, I, I got, I got, I, my hair is raising up right now because every time I tell this story, it's like, I'm like, what do you mean they're harmless? How do you know what I'm talking about? He goes, um, our houses are built on um, old uh, Indian burial grounds. And um, they, uh, we think that those are like Aborigines settlers um, that were around this area at the time. And um, they, they vacillate bet between our houses uh, back and forth um, into that bedroom of yours. Uh, into the in, in my daughter's bedroom, <laughs> and I'm like, well, if I was your daughter, I'd be like opting for another house, another another room in the house. But yeah, and uh, I saw him probably about four or five other times. We didn't live there very long. We ended up having a, a move uh, back uh, back to the New York area because of a uh, work transfer. But uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty uh, crazy. <laughs> Do you want to try to scare me? If you've had or have heard about a paranormal experience you'd like to share, or if the area you live in has a particularly scary legend or lore, I want to hear it. Send an email to scareme at albirobelesvoice.com. Scare Me is produced by Albie Robles Voice and features original music by Adam Clifton. Additional sound beds are provided by Stephen D. Voiceovers. You can follow us on social media. We are Scare Me Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For voiceover booking information or to inquire about having your own podcast produced, go to www.albiroblesvoice.com. <laughs>